the college experience ACC basketball preview on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network presented by mybookie.ag. Winning season continues at mybookie and they're now offering a free $20 bet with the promo code SGP20. That's mybookie.ag promo code SGP20 to get a free $20 bet with your first deposit only at mybookie.ag. We're also brought to you by Thrive Fantasy. Thrive Fantasy is a new daily fantasy sports app built specifically for player props. Download the app in the App Store and use the promo code SGP for an instant deposit match up to $50. That's thrivefantasy.com promo code SGP. Sign up and prop up today. We're also brought to you by Ace Per Head. Ace is the leader in paperhead providers and they make it super easy for you to start your own sports book. Plus, Ace is offering up to six weeks free over at aceperhead.com slash SGP. That's aceperhead.com slash SGP. We're also brought to you by Sean Stacking the Money Green. Yes, pre-order Sean Green's latest comedy album, This Loss Hurts Us All, for only $3.99. That's right, only $3.99. Just head to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Sean. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Sean. Experience ACC Atlantic Coast Conference College Basketball Preview. My name is Colby Swinging Dantabase Dan, aka Pick Dundee. That's not a pick. This is a pick, and we're picking the preseason, picking who we like in the ACC. And look, I told Patty C take the night off because he's a fucking idiot. All right, and JMU plays in the CAA. I know he's also a Virginia fan, but Hey, look, we love the guy. We gave him the night off. I, instead, I got the ACC specialist. Look, when Patty moved to California, he forfeited his ACC knowledge. All right. So I got the ACC specialist here all the way in Raleigh, North Carolina, the heart of the Atlantic coast conference, perhaps give it up for uh granola eating backpack wearing. <laughs> NC Nick in the place to be. Hey, hey, what is going on, my friend? Straight from Tobacco Road. Exactly, man. Uh, I need a better. Hold on. What's that? What is this? Perhaps the heart of ACC. This this is old ACC country. This isn't new ACC down in Florida or up in Pittsburgh or Boston College. This is Tobacco Road. This is old ACC country. Ain't no perhaps about it. I feel like throughout my childhood, they played a lot of ACC tournaments at the Charlotte Coliseum. Incorrectly Uh, throughout your childhood. It was always in Greensboro. Really? Okay. That that only happened in the, that started maybe the early two thousands. So the ACC tournament was always in Greensboro. Kind of like the big East was always in MSG. I got you. Uh, when the league expanded, that's when they started going to different places. Okay. Wow. Okay. Well, uh, well, how do you feel? Dude, I don't you love, like, I still feel robbed from a season ago, you know, like 
this COVID virus. I, I don't know that I'll ever be able to get over the fact that uh, that college basketball that I didn't I didn't get to see March Madness and what I think was my favorite season ever covered covering college basketball. So I I I still feel disappointed with that, but I'm excited that it's around the corner now. We're you know less than a month or basically a month away uh, from from uh, tip off here, November 25th. Um, how, how do you feel about the season? Right around the corner. Well, yeah. First off, I mean, COVID couldn't have come at a worse time. You know, come during bowl season or you know World Series time or whatever. You know, the word come during the World Cup or some shit. Don't come during March Madness. Yeah, that's, that's that the is best you know, postseason. Exactly. So the timing couldn't have been worse, and and the way they did it, where it was. You know, they, they delayed a couple games and one conference canceled. Then one did, it was, you know, like a slowly pulling off a bandaid rather than just ripping it off. I, I will say but, this hey. is that we, the last game that I saw, and I remember I had Tommy Gimler on the podcast, comedian, Tommy Gimler, as we were previewing, I want to say it was probably the big 10, but we were watching St. Mary's against San Francisco. I think it was. And St. Mary's, or maybe it was against Gonzaga, but St. Mary's hit the game winner. It was a buzzer beater. That was the last college basketball game of the season. It was late, late at night. So we did go out with a bang in a way. So. And you know what? That's all fair of you, man. Let's, let's look to the present, you know, and the future. Uh, we love our college football. We love our college basketball. And when those two seasons overlap, it's, you know, it's just a, a glorious time of the year. So uh, things are heating up my friend. Yeah. And, and uh, before we dive into our ACC projection projections and go team by team, uh, what do you think the COVID effects? So this year, essentially uh, first off the NCAA is passing out waivers, uh, you know, for red shirts or people that were transferring that were going to have to sit out a year. I don't know. It's, it looks like they're passing everybody, you know, every once in a while you'll see them deny somebody. So it's going to be really interesting as I review these rosters to find out who exactly got passed. Cause you know, a lot of these players are going to have to sit out a year, but they, I, I'm telling you like they're, they're giving away. Like I feel like 90% of the players are getting a pass because of the year. They're also getting an extra year of eligibility this year. Um, so I, I really wonder the effects that will have on college basketball. It's probably, obviously it's going to make the game better because you're mid majors and, and some of the players, perhaps I look at Virginia's roster, you know, some of the guys that won't be in the, like a key, Clark, I don't know that he's on the NBA's radar. So you, he's going to get an extra year of eligibility. I think that's fantastic for college basketball. Um, but also wondering, I mean, how you've seen it in college football right now. I think Florida has like 30 players out and their coach has COVID. Uh, it, I, basketball should be easier with just, you know, 14, 15 man rosters. But, uh, it, what do you think about the, the season with, with COVID coming on? Well, it's crazy. It's, it's unprecedented. Uh, you know, you would think basketball on one hand might be easier because of less players, but if you're playing two games a week, that could be twice as much travel. Uh, it could be twice as much exposure. So, and you know, on, in some ways it might be even worse in football. So just like everything else this year, everybody's got to be flexible, you know, yeah. um, it's glad they're playing. So there's going to be a lot of canceled games. There's going to be a lot of delayed games. There's going to be a, one team that might finish the season playing 35 games and one team only has played 25. Uh, you know, it's yeah. Who knows, man? We, you know, we'll, <laughs> we'll take it, you know, one week at a time or one day at a time to see how we, it gets affected. But 
I think as long as we go into it realizing that you have to be flexible and the teams have to be flexible, uh, then uh, they'll get through it. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. Okay, so let's start this thing off with the reigning champs, the San Diego State Aztecs. Oh, I'm sorry, that was DJ and Madness. No, 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 the reigning champs, the last team to win a championship. And I, I, look, I'm gonna give you my rankings. We're gonna go and whatever you disagree with, NC Nick. Um, please speak freely. The floor is yours, but I'm going to start off. And I think this guy has earned the top spot, not only from his players returning and getting a guy named Sam Hauser, uh, a transfer from Marquette, but uh, Tony Bennett in Virginia, like first off, Tony Bennett's always great in the regular season. And that's one thing, dude, I, I'm a big Tony Bennett fan, but um, uh, last year's team, when you really look at Virginia, they, turn the ball over more than they had ever turned the ball over. And that's why they struggled early on, but coming down the stretch, they were as hot as any team in the nation. I feel like, well, you're right. Cause they won uh, the last 12 games. They went 11 and one. And of those 11 wins, seven of them were, were one, one possession games. It's, it's crazy, you know, to have that many close games and to win all the close games and to go on that kind of a run it would have been really interesting to see what they would have done in the ACC tournament and the NCAA tournament. I think we agree that you really didn't know what to expect because they could lose to just about anybody, yeah. but with their style of play, they could beat anybody. Uh, it would have been interesting, I, but that kind of rolls into this year too. And and I am in agreement. They're my number one team. They will win the ACC regular season. Well, well, Tony Bennett is just so darn good in the regular season. I mean, and, and obviously in the postseason with the national championship now, but prior to that, I guess he had his struggles in the postseason. but it, 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 he's always kind of taking care of business in the regular season. And sure. They lose Diakite, They lose Braxton key, but then they return Kia Clark, Jay Huff, uh, Wooden. How do you pronounce that? Wooden Tensei? Uh, <laughs> Wolfenstein. I call him Thomas Wolfenstein. Remember that old game? Uh, <laughs> Casey Marshall's back, but then you add in Sam Hauser. Um, and, and really, you have, you know, uh, I, I, they're easily their best scorer, I would say, uh, will be Hauser. It was getting 15 a game at Marquette and uh, just shy of, what, seven and a half boards. So I think he's going to make an immediate impact, but then they got some big time freshmen coming in this uh, Jabari Abdul Rahim, six, seven freshmen coming in Reese Beekman. Um, it's going to be, I, I think this team is more talented than last year's team. And obviously with the experience at the point guard with uh, Kia Clark, obviously they should be better there. Um, and, and obviously more sold back as well. He was a freshman a season ago. So I, I, I really like this Virginia team and I, I'm really eager to see, how Tony Bennett does, but like I said, uh, the turnover rate a season ago. So look at the previous years under Bennett, they averaged, uh, their national rank in turnovers. So they were 17th, the 17th best team in the nation at taking care of the ball in 2014, 15, 2015, 16, they were 14th in the nation at taking care of the ball. 2016, 17, they were 18th in the nation, 2017, 18, they were fifth in the nation at taking care of the ball. 2018-19, they were 12th in the nation and taking care of the ball. And then last year, 257th in the in all of college basketball, but they still got hot at the right time. Perhaps they were taking care of the ball better during that stretch we just talked about. But uh, I, I, Tony Bennett's teams, uh, I don't expect them to be turning. I expect them to be in the top 20 to 25 uh, this season. 
Yeah, I agree that this roster is better than last year. I think Hauser is a perfect fit. I think he's going to flourish in that system. I think he's going to be the go-to scorer for them. Um, I think as long as, as Huff continues to improve, maybe he can get bigger. Maybe he can get a little bit stronger. Kihei Clark is just a dog on the defensive side of the ball. And his offense started to come around a little bit, at least towards the end of last year. He's a type of player where if he's on your team, you love him. If, if you're playing against him, you hate him. But uh, that's a solid starting five. And uh, you mentioned the one freshman you might want to circle is at is Jabri Abdur Rahim, uh, son of Sharif. If you remember, yeah, uh, the Atlanta Hawks power forward played at uh, Cal. So, that's right. That's right. So my main question marks on this team is where's the NBA talent? Um, UVA's best teams you always had either a Malcolm Brogdon, Joe Harris, DeAndre Hunter, or even you know Kyle Guy or, or Ty Jerome. Um, Abdur Rahim might be that NBA talent, but it's it's we'll see how much he can come in as a freshman. Usually freshmen for you know for UVA for Tony Bennett they don't play huge roles. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how he's used. He may be the difference between a six, a sweet 16 team and a final four team. Yeah. And, and, but I will tell you this, man, you look at that starting five and uh, unless uh, Raheem ends up in there, Abdul Raheem um, with this year's eligibility, not counting, I expect this starting five to be there next year in this. So, I mean, this really is going to make college football and college basketball really interesting. So that means Kia Clark essentially is going to have three more years. I mean, he averages 11 points a game. By the way, you said defensively 1.2 steals a game. He's also a great rebounding guard, 4.2 boards a game for Kia Clark a season ago. But I agree completely. I'm excited to watch Virginia, which is crazy because their style of basketball. I remember early in the year last year, like they played Navy in what was like a close game and Navy was trash last year. And I'm like sitting there like, man, they are going to get blown out in the ACC. They won. They, I think they like with a couple minutes left in the Navy game, they're up like four. And I'm like, there's no way they're going to be able to, there's no way they're going to be able to do this against Louisville and Duke and Syracuse and you know, all, all the big Carolina. Uh, and sure enough, Tony Bennett worked his magic they, and they, they really like kind of lull these teams to sleep. And then, you know, uh, somehow th- like they never score more than like 55 points in a game. I feel like. Well, their adjusted defense last year was ranked number one in the country. Their adjusted offense was ranked number 234. Uh, now, you know, with their slow tempo, they're not going to have a high adjusted offense, but even 234 is pretty damn low. Um, if they're going to, you know, reach their ceiling this year, they need to improve on that number. Uh, but yeah, I mean, hey, that's the style they play. You know, it's a, it's a pain in the ass to watch sometimes, but it gets results. Yeah. Uh, okay. So number two, I'm sure you'll like me saying this uh, NC Nick lifelong Duke fan. Um, I got the blue devils number two, just because I feel like uh, talent wise talent will prevail to a certain level. Now I would say that you think perhaps the recent struggles of Kentucky and Duke is the one and done. I mean, if you want to say their struggles, I mean, Duke went to what the, the, the elite eight, the last time we had a tournament, right? Didn't they beat Michigan state? Or did yeah, they, they had actually, they had two elite eight um, uh, in a row where they they lost to Kansas in overtime where the the Grayson Allen shot rimmed off rimmed out to to go in overtime and then they lost to Michigan State in the elite eight so yeah so they had two back to back elite eights I mean but is it the one know. and done teams I don't know I mean 
because you look and the last national championship we saw was what Texas tech, Virginia, and they seem to have a lot of veterans on their team. Um, so maybe that was just a one year thing, but I like Duke at number two and they, they have the most talent probably on any roster, but they did lose a ton. Vernon Carey's gone. Trey Jones is gone. Cassius Stanley's gone. Uh, a few, a couple others are gone too. So um, when you look at this team and you, I, I'm looking at a projected starting five right now, uh, you got four of the five as under class, uh, as, as you know, freshman and sophomore. Yeah. What else is new? Uh, well, first off, uh, let me explain why I'm a Duke fan because I don't want people to think I'm, you know, bandwagon guy. We're from Northern Virginia. The town next to us is where Grant Hill grew up. Grant Hill was probably what five or six years older than us. We watched him play in high school. We, we actually, we watched him. Do you recall the game against Herndon where he just shat yeah. on Herndon? He looked like a man amongst boys. Uh, but after he graduated high school, went to Duke, we went to the South Lakes basketball um, camp, uh, what they call basketball camps. He was an instructor there. So I started you know, following him at an early age. And so I've been a Duke fan since the early nineties. Thank you very much. Well, it, and um, it had, did I become a Larry Johnson fan? They played Duke and you were a Duke guy with Grant Hill and uh, they played it. You know, obviously that's a, a classic uh, stretch in college basketball history is the two years in a row that UNLV and uh, and uh, Duke squared off. And, and I, as a good brother, you can't see, I think what, what, what forms a good uh, sibling relationship is, is if you really hate the teams, your brothers like, you know, Jared. You know. That, yeah. You can't just, you know, <laughs> agree with everybody. Where's the point of that? Exactly. Exactly, man. Uh, but anyway, looking at this team, man, they got a grad, uh, what I believe. Yeah. Grad transfer coming in from Columbia. Wow. From, from the Ivy league. <laughs> yeah. So if I'm going to break down this team here and this roster, um, you know, first off we had the one, the one or two ranked recruiting class again, you know, per, per usual uh, six, six prospects in the, in the ESPN top 50, but none in the top 10, which is kind of rare. Mm. So there may not be that, you know, uh, you know, that uh, you know, d- top pick, that that uh, lottery draft pick, that surefire one and done, uh, it, that that one person that's going to demand the ball. It may be more of a of a team thing here. Um, so really, Wendell Moore and Matthew Hurt, they're going to be sophomores. They have a lot of potential. They need to put it together. They need to 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 take the next jump and the second year leap. If those two guys can be all ACC caliber players. I feel really good about this Duke team. If those guys can't make the leap, we'll be solid. We'll be a four or five seed, something like that. Um, the one freshman, the best, the best dude is supposed to be Jalen Johnson, Jalen Johnson, the uh, six, eight forward or a guy from Leesburg, Virginia, we, we know exactly where that's at. That's uh, Jeremy Roach, the point guard. Um, and yeah, the big question mark is who's going to start in the five spot. Who's going to be the center. It might be the transfer from Columbia, Patrick tape. Hey, he had great stats this season. They go, what a uh, double digits uh, on the, on the points, 11.3 points a game, six boards, uh, one steal per game, 1.3 blocks per game. So getting it done. I don't know. I don't know if that's great stats at Columbia. <laughs> It'll yeah. be a little bit. A little bit different in the ACC, or they're all, 
there's also two big guys, uh, two freshmen. So you might see a kind of a rotation there at center, buddy, uh, buddy. Look, if you're getting one steal and 1.3 blocks per game, I feel that's solid. I feel like that's solid. You're playing in the Ivy league against a bunch of slow white guys. <laughs> hey, what are you talking about? Yale's been good, man. Harvard's been good. All right. Didn't you guys get bit by an Ivy league school team? Or is that Lehigh? Is that, that's not Ivy league. That's uh, is that Patriot? Uh, I think it's Patriot league, yeah. right? That was a lot. I go, man, don't, don't reopen those wounds. <laughs> um, but no, so yeah, you know, I, I feel pretty good about this Duke team. I think they might have a higher ceiling than UVA, but as far as regular season, I think UVA is, is, is going to win. Um, but yeah, I think Duke will finish second or third. It's kind of like the same thing every year now with, with such high turnover, they're going to lose some road games early on. They're going to go through a stretch in like mid to late February where you're shaking your head and wondering if they, if they can beat anybody. They're going to find it. They're going to figure it out and they're going to be hopefully playing their best ball come March. Um, I think you could, ex- you can expect uh, a three or a four seed somewhere in that, in that range. Sweet 16 should be a, a foregone conclusion. Anything further than that really depends on the freshmen and uh, if the sophomores make that, uh, that leap in year two. And, and I don't know. I mean, the schedules, I can't really like traditionally I would break down some of the schedules at yeah, a conference games, but this year's just been complete chaos with COVID. The only thing I do know currently with their schedule is that they open up with Gardner Webb on November 25th. And if what you're telling me is the case and see Nick, um, do we have a, a live dog? Cause Stephen F Austin came into Cameron indoor a season ago, Gardner Webb. The last time we did have an NCAA tournament, they took on Virginia and we're actually beating Virginia at halftime of the, of the game. <laughs> uh, I don't remember. They were a 16, one 16 matchup. I remember Patty C was sweating bullets, but uh, I do know Gardner Webb does travel to Cameron indoor on the opening night of college basketball. So uh, I have yet to do my research on Gardner Webb. So I'm not sure if we got a live <laughs> dog or not. <laughs> Shout out to Eddie Lee Wilkes. He went to Gardner Webb. <laughs> former New York Nick. Okay. My number three team in the ACC coming in this the, breaking these down. I'm going to take a gamble here. I'm going to bite on the Miami hurricanes. Woo! All right. Number three. Look, everyone else, a lot of other publications. I see he's got Carolina, uh, Florida state, Louisville, all ahead of Miami. I'm going to bite on Jimmy Larinaga's team uh, down there in, in South Florida. Um, and really what you like is this is a veteran team. Um, got just on the starting five or projects. First off, they have, they have uh, what four reg four fifth year seniors on this team that gets, they all get quality time. Uh, then they also have a couple other just actual seniors. Um, but when you look at this four out of the five of their starting five are all upperclassmen. Their only underclassmen is Isaiah Wong at shooting guard. Um, but they also bring in Nasir Brooks, who is a grad transfer from Cincinnati at the, at he'll be at the center spot. Um, but I like this team led by, what is that? How do you pronounce that? Chris likes leaks leaks. Is that yeah, like likes? Yeah, I, thought, likes. I remember he was a baller um, 15 points a game a season ago. And then they, uh, McGusty over there, at the, the, they, they run a three guard set there, 12.5 points a game. Um, but I look at this team and, if, and, and I, I really got to credit uh, uh, who else was I listening to? John, I think it was John Rothstein that was saying Larinaga's success has been fantastic when he has a, 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 at Miami, not at George Mason we're talking, but I think it might even qualify for George Mason too. 
when he has upperclassmen and great guard play. This year he has upperclassmen and great guard play. So uh, I, I like the Hurricanes to to be a dangerous team this year. Actually, I agree. I think you know Miami is one of my sleeper teams. I didn't have them ranked third. I think that's a little high. I have them ranked sixth. I think there's a top tier. I think they're the second best team on the second tier. Uh, but I do agree with a lot of what you said. You know, you got a senior point guard at Chris likes. He's the little guy. He's five, seven. If you ever watched him play uh, hell of a player, you know, his size does obviously come with some limitations, especially on the defensive end. But uh, yeah, that backcourt, man, that three guard lineup, that is legit. I'm a big fan of Isaiah Wong. He came on late last year. He had uh, he had some big games. He had three games scoring over 20 uh, in, in the second half of the season, including a 27 point outing at Virginia Tech. Uh, likes Wong and McGusty. That is going to give opponents fits. The big question is the front court. Um, honestly, I don't know a whole lot about the Cincinnati transfer. I see he was a solid contributor, a seven footer at Cincinnati. Well, I think that, uh, I think that's the huge thing because they have been a really horrible rebounding team uh, uh, a season ago. So you, you put a seven footer in there, hopefully uh, with athlete, with athleticism, hopefully that can, uh, can work itself out there a little bit or improve the rebounding. Yeah. But uh, I, I really like this team and I think I, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see uh, them push. Cause I look, Everyone's figures what Carolina had a bad year last year. They'll be back up this year. And I'm, I know you're a lot closer to the North Carolina basketball scene than myself, but I still think like Cole Anthony's gone. And I'm sure I know they're bringing in an absolutely loaded recruiting class, but um, I still think a, a, especially in today's college basketball, some of these teams that have, uh, you know, junior and senior leadership, I think they have an edge on these, on all these freshmen coming in like Carolina's got. It's, it's not that crazy of a prediction because I, while I think that you, uh, the uh, conference as a whole is better this year than last year. Uh, I do think that the, the middle of the pack could fluctuate big time. There is, there's a lot of, I'd say pretty good teams. Um, and UNC is one of them. I don't think UNC is, is head and shoulders better than, than Miami. I don't think Louisville is. I don't think Florida state is. So taking a a gamble on Miami finishing third, I mean, I could see it happening. It is. That's not what, that's not my, my uh, projections, but it's not that crazy because I think after UVA and Duke, I think you could have a number of people at the third spot or the fourth spot. It'll fluctuate big time. The, uh, it seems to me like the, the very top of the ACC is kind of set and the very bottom of the ACC is kind of set, but everywhere in between, you know, uh, I wouldn't disagree with anybody as far as at least their, you know, preseason projections. Yeah. Um, well, I can tell you, I can, I can tell you that, uh, I'm going to stay in the state of Florida. All right. Because I am a believer in what, uh, Leonard Hamilton is doing in, in Tallahassee. All right. And I think, I think he's got something going there and I like this Florida state team. I know they lost some, some key players from a season ago, but they bring in a big time freshman and uh, look, I, they're only returning like double digit performer from a, a year ago is MJ Walker, but he's back. He's a senior. And then once again, they're going to get him for two years. Um, and then the big freshman, Scotty Barnes coming in. Uh, where do you, where do you see Florida state? I know, look, uh, they got four of five upperclassmen. They're starting f- four upperclassmen out of the five projected. Um, 
and they're bringing in a Juco transfer in, in Sardar Calhoun. Uh, I'm probably butchering that name, but uh, wh- how, how do you like Florida state coming into this year? That's my next uh, after Miami, I'm going with Florida state at the four spot. I actually had Florida state at the third spot. So that should tell you, you know what I think of them. Uh, big, big time Leonard Hamilton fan. Uh, as a Duke fan, I hate playing Florida state because it's always going to be a grinded out physical game. They always have length. They always have athleticism. They'll guard you. Uh, they'll make it tough on opponents. Uh, looking at the roster here, I think it really comes down to that freshman. You mentioned Scotty Barnes. He is the highest rated recruit ever to go to Florida state basketball, uh, ranked number seven in, in, in the ESPN rankings. If he's the type of player that he's expected to be, uh, this team could be really dangerous. You know, MJ Walker is 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 a great shooting guard. Raekwon Evans is kind of like that old school point guard. He'll kind of back you down with his big ass and you know play play old school ball. Mark Jackson style. Mark Jackson style. You know, he's got kind of that old man's game, that rec league game. You know, uses the backboard a lot. You know, uh, yeah. So yeah, you know, once again, the front court. There's question marks. It seems kind of similar to Miami, uh, but they have some decent depth. And I think with the production they'll get out of the backcourt. I think um, the front court is is really just to rebound, to play defense, and chip in here and there. Uh, I like Florida State. I don't think their record will be quite as good as last year. Uh, if you recall, they won the ACC regular season last year with a 16 and four record. Expect that to dip down to maybe 11 and seven or so, something. It, in that range. But uh, yeah, man, Florida state, you know, Leonard Hamilton has that program rolling. Uh, they don't, you know, get a whole lot of national hype, but they're good year in year out. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm still mad at him though for uh, he waved the white flag in that elite elite eight game. I think it was against K state a few years ago or, or I don't know who, who was that against where maybe it was sweet 16 where it just killed me. It was a two possession game and he, and he just waved the white flag and I had uh, Florida state in the points just uh, well, killing Michigan. Or- Maybe it was Michigan. I don't know. It just drew. It didn't make any sense to me. I actually, I, dude. And then like I, when he defended it on the, uh, at the press conference, I was just like, what? Like, dude, it's a two possession game. The fuck. So uh, anyway, yeah, Florida state uh, was my fourth team in the ACC. I'm, I'm eager to watch them play as well. Always a good team. Always very athletic with a lot of length. Like uh, NC Nick mentioned, oh, it gives some of the big boys a tough time. Uh, they're becoming one of the big boys. I think they, we could say they're a big boy now. They're better than their, their bat, their football program over the past, <laughs> over the past five years. Certainly. Definitely. <laughs> um, and at, at, for my number five spot, I'm going to take you to Louisville, Kentucky. Um, yeah, I know people are wondering where North Carolina, it was a battle. It was a, I was going back and forth between Louisville and North Carolina in this spot, but I'm just going to go with the experience And and even with that, it, are they more experienced? I don't even know because you, you're basing a lot on uh Carlick Jones, the, the, the Radford transfer. This guy was a stud at Radford averaging 20 points a game, uh, five boards, 5.5 assist and 1.4 steals per game. I expect that number to go down in the ACC, but, um, or those numbers go down in the ACC, but you got him and you got Malik Williams. And then you have a bunch of sophomores that you saw probably play a little bit last year with Samuel Williamson, David Johnson and uh, Quinn Slazinski. So uh, how do you feel about uh, the Cardinals? And uh, I know, look, they still lost. They lost a few players from, from a season ago. 
Jordan Awara, or however you pronounce that name, and uh, Dwayne Sutton, Ryan McMahon, all those guys, a couple others gone. But how do you feel about Chris Mack and the Louisville Cardinals, NC Nick? Yeah, so I'm a big Chris Mack fan from the get-go, which which made last season all the more puzzling. Uh, last season, they had all kinds of talent. They just it seemed like they couldn't focus. They were very inconsistent. Uh, I'm going to go out on a limb and say Chris Mack did not have a whole lot of fun coaching that team last year. Uh, you mentioned Jordan Wara. You actually pronounced you pronounced his name correctly. Uh, <laughs> I feel like but, that's uh, probably because he was like such a good player. I heard he him. was a good, up until last year. You know, last year, you know, he seemed like he maybe he was too concerned about his draft slot, or I don't know, he just seemed unmotivated or uninterested, um, and that's what led to a lot of you know the inconsistency from the Cardinals. So this year's team, there's not as much talent. It's a almost a complete overhaul. Um, you know, last year team more talent, they underachieved. This year they're less talented, but I think they will overachieve. I have them ranked fifth. I really like the sophomore point guard, David Johnson. He put up 19 on Duke last year. He's, he's big. He's physical. He's a mismatch at the point. Uh, watch out for him. He's going to have a big year. Don't, don't, uh, don't sleep on Charles Minland, a, a grad transfer from San Francisco. Look, I'm over here on the West coast and on college basketball Saturdays or weekday games, uh, you know, or weekday nights uh, when you're looking for a game, you know, ESPN two or ESPN, you normally will throw on like a, like a San Francisco, Santa Clara game. So I, I watch a lot of the Dons and I do remember Charles Minland being a very good player for San Francisco. So he comes in and off and he's going to be on the bench apparently at, at Louisville, but he, this is a guy. And if you, and let me tell you this, the West coast conference, the past couple of years, I don't know about last year, but two years ago, the last year we had a real tournament. They were better than the PAC 12. So uh, they they play some good basketball in the West Coast Conference. So Charles Minlin uh, transfer from San Francisco coming in. Watch out for him. Average fourteen, almost fifteen points a game at, at San Francisco. Keep an eye out for him. Well, two years ago, the Pac-12 was the worst major conference for college basketball ever. <laughs> yeah, last year they were playing a little bit better. And what's last year, and what's crazy is this year they're actually uh, a lot of people are projecting them to be pretty darn good this year. Yeah. But anyway, this is the ACC preview. So uh, yeah, so the big question marks with Louisville are the two transfers. Um, you know, can they produce at an ACC caliber level, and will they get anything from the freshmen? Um, you know, just then they need depth from the freshmen. Then they need those two transfers to step in and contribute at a high level right away. Uh, you know, they don't have a whole lot of expectations this year. They did last year. Maybe that's a good thing. I think Louisville sneaks up on some people, and I think Chris Mack enjoys coaching this squad a whole lot more than last year. Uh, and Carlick Jones, like I said, the grad transfer from Radford, averaged twenty a game at Radford, five boards and five assists. Now I wonder, coming to Louisville, where they get these prostitutes traditionally, um, what do you think? You think they they had more diseases with these prostitutes uh, in Louisville, or do you think the the whores of Radford? Who are you, you going to take on on that matchup of of which which had more diseases, the women of what? Radford or the the prostitutes of Louisville, Kentucky? Well, coming from Radford, Carly Jones is probably confused as to why they had to pay for anything in Louisville. <laughs> well, you can get it free in Radford. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, man. Okay. I, I might be the Louisville. Uh, the the Louisville broads are a bit more high end. <laughs> 
the Radford broads are a bit more low class. I could see uh, that. I picture the Louisville broads. They've had a mint julep or two in their life. You know, the Radford girls are probably more, you know, they're, they're the type of girls that would like drink a Mickey's with you. <laughs> yeah. The in Louisville, they're wearing their stupid Kentucky Derby hats. And all their <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So look, we had Louisville uh, place. So you had him fifth. I had him fifth. So that means uh, I look, I, so Virginia one, Duke two, Miami three, Florida state four, Louisville five. I got North Carolina at six. Where did you have North Carolina then four? Yeah. Yeah. I have them at four. Um, and you know, they were six and 14 in the ACC last year. A lot of close game losses though, dude. True. A lot they, of close game losses. There's no guarantee they finish in the top four. It's, you know, it's, you know they have to earn it on the floor this year. You know, previous success isn't going to mean shit here, dude. Only, so, only two upperclassmen in their starting five, but also on their whole roster, they only have four on their entire roster that are upperclassmen. Does that scare you at all? Of course, of course. Um, yeah, some of it, I think there may be some uh, uh, addition by subtraction. Cole Anthony is a very talented basketball player. You know, he has some big time games for UNC. But I don't think he really meshed well with that team. He especially didn't mesh well with the big man, Garrison Brooks. They just didn't play well together. They didn't have a feel for each other. Cole Anthony was that shoot first point guard kind of goes against what Roy Williams is trying to to get the ball down low. He's trying to push, push the rock, get the ball down low. Uh, it just never seemed to be a a good fit last year. Kind of goes against what his father was. Greg Anthony, complete opposites. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, um, so looking at this roster, yeah, Garrison Brooks, obviously they're, they're, they're top player coming into it, but they bring in so many big time freshmen. Um, I guess the big one would be Caleb love at point guard. That's going to start probably in, immediately, but also they got a redshirt freshman, Anthony Harris projected to start and they got just a, a whole slew of freshmen from great name here. Puff Johnson. <laughs> How do you think he got that name? Um, he sounds like a character from the Chappelle show, but <laughs> <laughs> Kerwin Walton, RJ Davis, Walker Kessler and Duran sharp. I mean, just a slew of freshmen here that are going to be uh, coming into the tar heels. Wonder if they get any bags of cash, but anyway, what do you, what do you think here about this team? So this is going to be the best front court in the ACC, maybe the best front court in the country. Baycott and Brooks, they're, they're animals down low. You know, they're skilled, they're relentless, great rebounders. I, you know, Roy Williams always has great rebounding teams. Uh, even last year, you know, amidst all their struggles, they were uh, number one in offensive rebounds and defensive rebounds in the ACC. Uh, they were seven, they had 70 more rebounds than the second team defensively, 60 more rebounds in the second team with offensive rebounds. This year is going to be more of the same. Two of those big freshmen, Dayron Sharp, 6'10, Walker Kessler, 7 foot. They got big guys coming out to freaking ears. Uh, so the big question is Caleb, Caleb Love at point guard. He's projected to be the starter. Maybe it'll be RJ Harris. Maybe it'll be, or I'm sorry, RJ Davis or Anthony Harris. So the real question mark here is the front court. I'm sorry, the back court. Um, you know, some of the teams we talked about earlier had strong backcourts, kind of iffy front courts. UNC is the exact opposite. Um, we'll have to wait and see how these guys play. 
I know, I mean, you know, Caleb loves a five-star recruit. He should be able to step in and play right away, but you never know. So uh, it's going to be interesting to watch them in November and December. Yeah, definitely, man. Uh, I'm excited to watch them. I believe they opened the season with the Charleston, who's actually a decent mid-major as well. Uh, College of Charleston, South Carolina, coming into uh, Chapel Hill on the 25th of November. And one more thing to look out for here is who's going to shoot the three ball for this team. Uh, right now, that looks like a glaring weakness to me. Unless one of these young guys that I don't know a whole lot about, unless they can, you know, hit hit the three ball at a decent clip, that might be one big weakness. Yeah, yeah, uh, that's a good point. Um, I'm going to get to the rest of the ACC, but first... I want to tell you guys that the college experience is brought to you by mybookie.ag. At mybookie, winning season means the NFL is in full swing and it's your chance to win big. All right? There's no and college football as well. All right? But there's no sweeter feeling than watching your team storm back in the fourth to win the game and put cash into your pocket. I'm looking at you anyone who bet on Memphis last week. Uh whether you're a first time player, a veteran to the game, taking underdogs or siding with the favorites, the fact is there won't be a better time to get in on all the action. Join now using our promo code SGP20 and you can grab a free $20 wager with your first deposit to bet on anything in the sports book. Anything. You want to bet on IndyCar racing? There you go. Whatever it is. That's right. My bookie is giving you the chance to make your first ever bet a winning one. And it's on the house. Nothing. And I mean, nothing beats NFL action or college football action and absolutely nothing beats free money. So join now, take advantage. Don't even think about it. Head over to my bookie now and get your stake in the game. NFL action, MLB playoffs, that's winning season, baby. And it begins today exclusively at my bookie. All right. Back on the college experience, talking ACC basketball, college basketball, right around the corner, less than a month away or just about a month away. Um, I can't wait. I can't wait till you just get, you got Tuesday night action mixed with college basketball games. You got every seven days a week, college football, college basketball happening. And look this year, we even get FCS college football happening in the fall or I'm sorry, in the spring. I'm excited. I can't wait for all of this stuff, but uh, moving down the line in the ACC, in case you're, you're somehow tuning in late, even though this is a podcast, this is not a radio show. For all I know, there's people that maybe skip to the middle of this fucking thing. So at one, I got Virginia two. I got Duke three. I got Miami four, Florida state five, Louisville six, North Carolina. And now we go to the number seven team. I got the yellow jackets of Georgia tech NC Nick. How do you feel about me taking a, uh, I look a lot of publications have Georgia tech 12th, 10th, 11th. I'm going to say the yellow jackets are going to make some noise this year. So I have them ninth. I have a couple spots further down from you. But like I mentioned before, a lot of these middle tier ACC schools, they're interchangeable. Good luck trying to figure out the exact order they're going to finish in. Uh, Georgia Tech has some positive things they got going from this year. Uh, no, namely, number one, I love the point guard, Jose, uh, Jose Alvarado. Yeah, um, uh, dude, a season ago, this team, I, I don't think they could qualify back then for the uh, tournament, right? I think they had some sanctions on them, but, yeah. but the, they, as the season went along, I, they thought they were really playing a lot better as the season went along early on. I had question marks about this team, 
I thought like late in the year, they kind of looked a lot better to me. So, so, and and like you said, Jose Alvarado, a big reason for that. Uh, they also got that, that sh- uh, shooting guard, Michael DeVoe, and then the big man, Moses Wright. Um, and look at this, all five start projected starters, upperclassmen, NC Nick. Also, they got Bubba Parham off the bench coming in upperclassmen senior. He's getting five points a game. So, uh, I, I, they also have a couple transfers from USC and Georgia coming onto this roster. I don't know, uh, how that will shake out, but, um, look, I know, uh, it's a big year for, for Josh, uh, Josh pastor. So what do you, what, what continue with what you were saying? I didn't mean to cut you off, but I, I, I just, I, I'm excited about this team. I remember them being more of a thorn in the side of some of the big, big guys, uh, the big boys in right. the ACC last year. Right. Well, first off, Alvarado was hurt a good chunk of December and early January. So he missed at least a month or so. So Georgia tech struggled mightily when he was not on the court. Uh, When he came back in ACC play, that's when they were playing some of their best ball. Uh, Yeah. He's, he's just the, uh, you know, the, a great college point guard. He's not a great scorer. He's not a great shooter. He's not all that athletic. He just has a great feel for the game he sets up his big men well. They are going to miss uh, James Banks. He was a beast on the inside. Uh, wait, not wait, quite- wait! Georgia Tech has a great point guard, and and you know I feel like this is the the the, the story of their their whole existence from Mark Price to Kenny Anderson to Travis Best to Jared Jack. You know. Finally, they got another one. They had a big thing. Uh, Jared Jack. That was probably what fifteen years ago. <laughs> well, so they. Had a- a big gap there, but you're right. Uh, you know, this was, this used to be point guard you back in the eighties and nineties. And, um, yeah, Alvarado is doing his best to live up to, uh, those people from, from previous years. But, uh, yeah, so Georgia tech, uh, I'm concerned about their depth. Um, those two transfers from USC and Georgia, they didn't do much when they were freshmen on those two schools. I don't know a whole lot about them. Um, their uh, their front court has has some question marks. Moses Wright is solid. He he needs to play even better. He needs to fill that vacuum left by James Banks. Um, so I, I like the team. I mean, anytime you you start three seniors and two juniors, that's a positive. Um, so yeah, if if they don't make some noise here, I think it'll be Passner's last year at Georgia Tech. So I think they're a dangerous team with all those upperclassmen. Yeah, definitely. And I like that pressure factor. Another pressure factor, even though this guy's been really, really successful, I feel like, is it, I mean, my number eight spot is Syracuse and I, you know, they've kind of fallen off lately to me. Yeah, I agree. I'm not as high on Syracuse as you are. I have them ranked at 11. Actually. I like some other schools better. Um, so tell me why you're, uh, you're higher on the Cuse. Well, I, you, once again, I mean, it, for me, uh, I see four out of the five projected starting five upperclassmen. Um, and then the, the fifth player being perhaps their best player in, uh, jo- Joseph Gerard, the third getting uh 12, just about thir- 12 and a half points a game, three boards, three assists, 1.5 steals. Uh, you mix him in with the uh, Dola Dola Zaj or whatever. How do you pronounce that again? I always forget. Dola J. Yeah. Dola J. And, uh, uh, you know, he averaged, uh, double digits a season ago and also six and a half boards. I know he's kind of thin, but, uh, and also 
don't forget about buddy, buddy, Boheim. uh, 15.3 points a game. You got three returning, uh, you know, players that average double digits a season ago. And you also bring in the transfer from Illinois and Alan Griffin. Uh, so, I mean, look the middle of the pack here, I was going back and forth on like, Hey, do I put Syracuse or NC state here? Yeah. Uh, there's also Clemson and Virginia tech. I feel like all these teams are right there. Even Notre Dame I'll throw in there. But, um, I, I went, I went Syracuse here. I think it's a big year for, for, uh, Beheim and company because, uh, you know, he's kind of fallen off lately. So, uh, I think, you know, it's, it's at, at what point do Syracuse fans say, Hey, let's switch it up. Yeah, I hear you. Um, so, so my breakdown of the, of the orange men, um, is the backcourt is going to be fun to watch with, uh, Gerard and, and, and Beheim, you know, when they get hot from beyond the arc, watch out, you know, cause they can, they can stroke it. Uh, they can also go cold. And when they go cold, we're going to have issues. Dola J is a solid guy at a power forward. He's always been soft. Yeah. You ask me. Yeah. He's not very strong. He seems to have his best games against inferior opponents. He doesn't seem to do much against, you know, the top teams, not a huge fan of his. Um, Syracuse always has some African dude at center. So that's par for the course there. Um, the real question is who's going to fill that Elijah Hughes role. Uh, when Syracuse is at their best, they have a guy, an athletic guy on the wing who can create his own shot. You know, you can go back to the Hughes last year or O'Shea Brissett or Rakeem Christmas or Chris Joseph or Wesley Johnson or freaking Carmel Anthony. If you want that position seems lacking to me on this roster. And I'm a little worried about the depth as well. Um, you mentioned Bayheim struggles. He can't recruit anymore or he doesn't care to recruit anymore. Maybe in his old age, he's lost a step. Uh, and, and, you know, so right now in the last five years, the, the best recruits that have come to Syracuse have been ranked number 36 and number 38 in their respective classes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so he, so he now recruits system players. He doesn't recruit the top guys anymore. Uh, and yeah, you know, last few years now they've had pretty average teams. I think it's going to be the same this year. Yeah. Um, I mean, I mean, I, you had him at 11th. You said I have Syracuse at 11. Huh? Well, I think, I think they will miss out on the NCAA tournament this year. Well, they're, all, they're always be fringe. It's going to come down to with even look last year. I, I, they were only projecting like four or five teams from the ACC this year. I think it's going to be different. I think seven, eight, maybe even nine get in. Um, but I think Syracuse will be there in that final couple weeks as a bubble team. <laughs> And the big question is how big is the tournament going to be? <laughs> you know, I think if uh, I think coach K and maybe some other ACC guys said they want everybody. I love it. The whole freaking country, <laughs> you know, dude, uh, the more games, the better. All right. So, I mean, I, I get, I get the, the argument against this though, but at the same time, I, uh, I'm like, whatever. All right. Give me more games to bet on. Sure. Um, uh, at number nine, I, I'm going to take you to Raleigh. Talk about your boys, buddy. I know you're a Duke fan, but I'm saying you're right there in Raleigh. Let's talk a little NC State. Is it a big year for Kevin Keats? Definitely is. Um, so you have them at nine. I do. What do you have them? I, at? Have, I have them at ten. Okay. Okay. It is. 
it is a big year for Mr. Kevin Keats. Uh, personally, I like him. I think he's a good coach. Uh, but over the last two years, NC State is 19 and 19 in the ACC. Mm, mm, the, epitome, the epitome of average. My my uh, my angle again though. Four of five of their starting five upperclassmen, also their best uh, bench player, will be an upperclassman as well. In Thomas Allen, the transfer from Nebraska. Um, what do you? I mean, you look at this team. Who who do you think is the best player? Funderburk. Yeah, well, so my problem with with the NC State teams under Kevin Keats in the last few years is that they just seem to have a bunch of individuals playing. They didn't seem like there was any team cohesion. You know, a lot of guys that kind of did the same thing and they really didn't complement each other. Uh, they never really gelled together as a team. They you know, they struggled on the defensive end most of the time. This year, I think there's a chance that it is different. Um, their best player is either Devin Daniels or DJ Funderburk. Funderburk is he's he's a man down low. He's a wrecking to deal with. Um, and Daniels is a scorer. He's like a a, a poor man's uh, TJ Warren. He can get buckets, you know, in a variety of ways. Those two guys, you know, how, how far they go will dictate how far NC State goes. Um, looking at the rest of you know the starters here. Uh, Braxton Beverly, the senior shooting guard, he's a three-point shooter, and that's it. He doesn't provide you with much else. He really hasn't improved over his four years in Raleigh. Um, he's a solid contributor, but he's you know he's just okay. Helms is he has potential, um, and Manny Bates is also you know provides some good interior depth. Uh, I don't know a whole lot about Thomas Allen. Yeah, do you recall from his Big Ten days? Uh, I just remember, I thought those, I thought Nebraska was a lot better than I, they just had bad breaks, man. They were always injured. I feel like those teams were good. I remember watching them thinking he was a good player, but, um, I obviously, you know, things didn't work out there. So, uh, uh, you know, yeah, I think it's a good, I mean, to, to, to bring him in and coming off the bench. Sure. Cause I was impressed with him in Nebraska. So, uh, uh, yeah. Uh, we'll see how that goes with, with NC state this year. I'm going to take you to, uh, to my, uh, number 10, right down the road from, or, you know, state wise, we'll take you to Clemson, South Carolina at the, the tigers. How do you feel first off about Brad Brownell? He's got to have a big year this year too, right? And, you know, it seems like, and I know he, he's buddies with Dabo. So <laughs> You know, I, I guess whatever Davos you know, says goes at Clemson. Well, well uh, played, Brad. Well played. He's by, I'm, I'm assuming when they go out drinking, he said, you know what? I'll, I'll pick up the tab tonight. Right. Right. <laughs> but yeah, he needs some results here. I think uh, I'm a little bit higher on Clemson than you. I have Clemson at number eight. Um, they lose a couple guys, but they, they do have Amir Sims back. Tevin uh, Mack he, is gone, and, and uh, dude, that I, ne I never made the connection there. The Tevin Mack, you know, famous uh, fullback for the Cleveland Browns, Kevin Mack, also went to Clemson. Is that a is there a, a connection there? You know, that never dawned on me as well. <laughs> <laughs> but 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 anyway, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. I uh, I, I know that they have the the stud Sims at uh, forward, and once again they. And I guess your thing is you just trust the talent. I kind of lean towards the upperclassmen here. They only have uh, two upperclassmen. There's projected starting five, but they do have a nice transfer coming on coming in from Fordham. But uh, yeah, continue with what you were saying. I didn't mean to cut you off. 
Yeah, no problem. So, I, you know, I'm a fan of Dolls, Newman, and Sims. I think those three guys, I think that's a pretty good foundation for a team. Uh, this is a team that beat the likes of Duke, Louisville, Florida State, North Carolina, Syracuse last year. Um, they also lost some games they shouldn't have lost to, you know, Yale or Wake Forest or Miami. Um, but I think you know, those big wins, I think that kind of showed you know, their potential here. Um, and they do have some upperclassmen. I think Amir Sims as a senior, I think he has all ACC first team potential. Um, you know, it, and, 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 and Newman, if memory serves me correct from a season ago, granted that was a lot of whiskeys ago, I believe related to former Charlotte Hornet, Johnny Newman, former New York, Nick, Johnny Newman from Richmond. Remember Johnny Newman? He was a baller. Yeah. Yeah. I th- I think you're right. Um, and yeah, this, this, his son or his nephew or whoever the hell John Newman the third is, I guess it's probably his son. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I forget if it was uh, I think it was, his, it was either his son or his nephew. One of the two. Yeah. No, yeah, but he had a good sophomore campaign uh, after, after not playing much as a freshman. So uh, yeah, yeah, it looked for an, an even better junior campaign. Uh, the real question mark might be PJ Hall, that true freshman. He's a top 50 recruit. Um, if he can step in and produce like a top 50 recruit should, I think Clemson is, you know, they're a bubble team, but I think they'll be on the right side of the bubble. Um, yeah, I like Clemson this year. I'd love to see them get in the tournament this year. I, you know, it's crazy. I, I kind of like, uh, I kind of like what they got going there. And I, I, I like Brown Allen as a coach. I really do. So uh, uh, I'd be interested to see how the tigers do uh, this year. Big year. I feel like it's gotta be a big year for him. But I want to tell you that the college experience ACC previews also brought to you by Sean stacking the money green pre-order Sean green's new comedy album. This loss hurts us all for only three 99. Go to sports gambling podcast.com slash Sean. The, t- the album title comes from something. His dad yelled after the Eagles lost a game. Trust me. I know his dad, hilarious fucking guy. And I can totally see him saying that. So I guarantee you, if it's just any story about his dad, it's absolutely hilarious. If uh, the album is three ninety nine, if that wasn't enough, we also got a chance for you DJs to win big. Pre-order it by ten by October twenty sixth, essentially ten twenty six, and send in a screenshot to podcast at sportsgamblingpodcast.com. and one winner will get a hundred dollars cash, an SGP hoodie, and a chance to give out their lock dog and tease on air. Yes, that's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Sean. I mean, and, and let me tell you something. Look, this is not part of the commercial. Uh, I've been uh, I've been friends with Sean for uh for like 14, 15 years here, man. And 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 I know he's gone through the grind like a lot of I'm a comedian, he's a comedian, and uh, you know, he's he's gone through the grind and I I've seen the progression. He's put in a lot of work, a lot of effort into making that album. So please pick it up. I if if people only knew the amount of time it takes to go from open mics 15 years ago into until, uh, you know, to you're doing album recordings and the amount of time and effort it takes. Uh, uh, trust me, you'll be greatly appreciated from, from, from even me. I'm not even on the fucking album. It's not even my album, but I know how much goes into it. So uh, please, if you can't pick up that album, because not only do I truly believe Sean's a hilarious comic, uh, I know how much work I've seen the 15 years of work going behind it. So Please do that. Now, moving back to the ACC. All right. Let's go to Blacksburg, Virginia, where I was actually, dude, this is a strange team to me a season ago because I thought out the gate 
out the gate, I was really impressed with what Mike Young was doing. Remember Mike Young, the old Broncos wideout? But um, no, Mike Young, the uh, the head coach who came over. Uh, you know, obviously, uh, uh, what's his name went bolted to A and M. Why am I str- Why am I struggling to think of uh, the previous uh, coach? Because it's not college basketball. He was season. at Marquette. He was at Marquette. Went to Virginia Buzz, Tech. Buzz, Buzz Williams. Buzz yeah. Williams. Uh, but Mike Young came over and I was really impressed, especially like the first month of the season. Didn't they, I think they beat like Michigan state in Maui. If memory serves me correct. And I was like, wow, this team, but talk about a team that really lost. Like they were in a position to go to the tournament, probably midway through the season. Everyone thinking Virginia tech's going to make the tournament. And, uh, down the stretch, they really collapsed. You look at this year's team, you know, they, 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 first off, they have a, 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 large number of transfers coming in and they also had a large number of transfers going out, but uh, they bring in transfers from Iowa, Wofford, K state and Delaware. And all of them with the exception of the Iowa transfer have really done good, uh, been key players on the, uh, the, their former teams. So you mix that in with, uh, I guess their best players, Tyrese Radford. How do you, how's, how is Virginia tech going to have their best player with the last name Radford? If you, didn't, <laughs> if you didn't know, Radford's about five miles up the road from Virginia Tech. Um, so, so you look at that team, and then you got uh, the only. The, I guess the scary thought here is: is you look at this, and is, is he just throwing players together? Because there's there's a, a, a large number of transfers, a lot a lot of you know young talent here. What do you what do you think of the Hokies and Mike Young squad after uh, after after year one in Blacksburg, Nick? So I am a Mike Young fan, and I'm higher on the Hokies than you this year. Uh, you are correct. They faded down the stretch big time. They ended the year two and eleven. Still went ten and eight in the conference. Um, bunch of players transferred out, which is kind of weird after year one. Usually that's before year one. Yeah. Um, but hey, you know what? I think I think Mike Young is a demanding coach, and I think some players don't want that. Um, and I think his philosophy is that if you don't want to be here, then be gone. Um, so this year I have them at number seven, actually, I think they're going to surprise some people last year. They got off to that hot start playing real small ball. I think teams adjusted and, and they didn't have the talent and the personnel to, to, to adjust to the other team's adjustments. Um, so basically I mean, looking at their, their top five, they're, they're, they're starting five here. They could start four guards. They're going to go small ball again. Watch out for the Kansas state transfer Cardi Cartier diarrhea. Yeah. Diarrhea. Yeah. Diarrhea. Um, well, that dude, diarrhea, that, that guy, diarrhea went off. Yeah. 20 points against Mississippi state last year, 25 versus Tulsa, 25 versus West Virginia. 24 versus Iowa state. No, he's a player. I I remember watching him being like, dude, that guy's good. I was actually surprised he transferred. I mean, in a weird way, why did he go to Virginia tech? Isn't that kind of the same as K state? (laughs) True. Yeah. They're not quite, you know, basketball powerhouses. Um, But I think I have faith in Mike young to, to get all these guys together here. I like uh, Wabisa BD as the point guard. He's uh, he's kind of similar to uh, UVA's guys. He's a, you know, a freaking, uh, st- spark plug. He's fucking solid. The dude is, is jacked for a guard. Uh, great defender. His offense is slowly coming around. I think this team is going to shoot a lot of threes and I think they're going to create some mismatch problems. They also have two incoming freshmen, top 100 recruits 
that's pretty big time for Virginia Tech. Yeah, that's uh, that's Ace, Ace Custis big time right there. Yeah, um, that's right, dude. Uh, also, I want to emphasize that Justin Mutz from Delaware, where Delaware is actually their their program's been rising up in the CAA, getting a lot better recently. Mutz was getting twelve points a game and eight and a half rebounds. I would not be surprised to see him be in the mix uh, and a key contributor to this Hokie squad. That's the uh, college basketball hipster and Colby always pointing out these guys coming from the smaller schools. <laughs> I don't, I don't know anything about Justin Mutz. <laughs> the blue hens are but, fun to watch, buddy. All right. And it's a but, great, it's uh, a great name, is, buddy. Mutt cuts coming through, buddy. <laughs> I have Virginia tech dancing this year. I think momentum is building in Blacksburg. Wow. Wow. I can't wait to tell Ryan Kramer, Ryan, real money Kramer this. All right. Well, I'm, I'm hey, you know, you know, I'm not a Hokies guy either. I wouldn't say this if I didn't think it, because in no way, shape, or form am I rooting for the Hokies. But you're a Mike Young guy, man. All right. He was down I, there. I like, he was down there at Wofford and did what did a great job at Wofford. So, uh, but uh, next up, yeah, I'm going to take you to. I'm curious how how you end on the ACC. I'm going to ride with the Mike Bray, which I think, dude. Let me ask you this. Is is the seat starting to get hot in South Bend? I know and you're you know, a Duke guy. He's a Coach K guy. He's a former Duke assistant, but I got him. Project- he's also he's also a former Dematha assistant. That's right. Shout out to under, Morgan Wooten under Morgan Wooten. That's right. So uh, yeah, you know it it might be warming up a little bit. I, Notre Dame doesn't care about basketball anywhere near as much as football, obviously, but uh, the last three years, 10 and 10 in the ACC, three and 15 in the ACC, eight and 10 in the ACC. That's not really getting it done. Well, Uh, well, and before before that they were like, they had a a year or two. I feel like they were top 10, top 15. Um, It seems to be falling off a little bit, but let me tell you this, even though I have them 12th in the ACC currently, you look at it and and if you like the trend of following upperclassmen, if you look at their top six players, five of them are upperclassmen and the sixth is a redshirt sophomore, which pretty much means you're an upperclassman. He's a transfer from Stanford and Corm- Cormac Ryan. Uh, so perhaps it, uh, some optimism there. If, if you're looking at this, uh, this fighting Irish team, am I allowed to say fighting Irish in 2020? <laughs> Well, I, yeah, yeah. I take it that's going to be your theme of uh, these previews: is is the more upperclassmen, the better. And I certainly see your point. There's, I mean, it's valid. Um, if I can rain on your parade, I have Notre Dame ranked 13th in the ACC. Ooh. Well, that's only, may- that's only one spot down, dude. I'm not going to feel that that <laughs> let down if I if they're one fucking spot off. If they're if they're dead last, then I'll be like, okay, okay. Well, they they lost their best three players. And Mooney Gibbs and Fluger. Uh, Mooney was probably their best player last year, which, you know, no offense to him. He, he overachieved, you know, but he shouldn't be your best player on a good team. He's your fourth or fifth uh, best player. But, but what about Prentice hub? What a name. <laughs> he, you know, him and Goodwin are solid. Uh, I don't know much about the Stanford transfer. Uh, Durham and Lazuski on the inside are solid too, but these are, these are all like contributing players. These are all, you know, role players. These are all pieces. Who's the, who's the main guy here. Who's the top dog. Who's going to score. I'm going to, I'm going to uh, say hub. That's hubs deal. Well, yeah, hub, <laughs> you better step it up from that 12 points. He, he averaged last year. You know, 
he he's a junior now. Now he's an upperclassman. Maybe he will take a, a, a jump up. You know, maybe he'll take a leap here in year three. They're going to need it because I don't see a whole lot there. Uh, Notre Dame's never really recruited well in basketball, and that is kind of showing looking at their roster. I think they're very average. I don't see uh, I don't see this team as an improvement on their team last year. If anything, I think it's a slight downgrade, uh, and they weren't very good last year. What was their record in the, the ACC? Last there's year? no There's no Pat Garrity on this team. <laughs> uh, hold on, hold on. Let me pull this up. They were very good in the ACC last year. They were okay. They were ten and ten. I think that record will be more like seven and thirteen Dude, or so. That, that actually surprises me. They were ten and ten last year. Same so. here. I thought it was worse. Yeah. All right. Well, n- number thirteen. So I wonder if we have our twelve and thirteens reversed. Uh, both. Well, I mean, you're a Duke guy. Both of these guys were Duke. Meaning Bray and thirteen is. Uh, I got Jeff Capel and Pitt coming in there. Um, once again, not a lot of. Uh, it is my theme, but but not a lot of upperclassmen on this team. Um, but you know, they showed some promise early on last year. Pitt, uh, I think what they beat Rutgers, who was actually on par to make the tournament. And I, I know that sounds funny, but Rutgers was a good basketball team a season ago. And I think they're going to be good again this year, but they showed promise in a couple of games where they looked good. And then they had some games where they looked awful. So it, it's, I mean, no, they were incredibly young and they're still young. But uh, what do you? What's your take on Pitt this year, uh, NC Dick? Yeah, so we did have those uh, two schools flip flopped. I had Pitt at twelve, Notre Dame at thirteen. You had the opposite. Um, Pitt has some nice pieces. They just don't have a, a complete team. Um, Champagny, Tony, and Xavier Johnson, especially if Xavier Johnson can revert back to his form as a freshman. Then you got three players who are, are pretty damn good. and can cause some problems for, you know, opponents here. After that, you're relying on a bunch of freshmen and, and possibly a transfer from Miami of Ohio. Um, and, you know, if, if that guy, Nike Sabande, he could make or break the year. Cause the way I look at the roster now, there's holes. They're relying on a true freshman, John Hugley who was ranked number 100 recruit to step in and start at the five spot, you know, being a, a number 100 recruit, usually you need a year or two to, to, you know, to kind of get acclimated to the college game. They, they, um, they got another and, blue hen transfer. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, they're going to rely on him too. So there's right now, there's too many question marks going into Jeff Capel's third year. Um, I like pieces. I don't like the whole. So I think they'll, they'll struggle. I think they'll look good in some games, especially if some of those players like Tony or Champagne or Xavier Johnson go off. But overall, I think it's, they're going to be way too inconsistent of a team to have a realistic shot at postseason hopes, unless everybody makes the tournament. Yeah, I got you. Um, okay. So I'm assuming, actually, I think I might have it a little different than you on my 14 spot. You know, I think a lot of people, my 14 spot, I'm going to go, I'm going to go. There's 15 teams in, in, in ACC basketball because Notre Dame, well, I guess in football this year too, with Notre Dame being a part of them at, uh, at 15, you know, everyone thinks I'm going to go Boston college. I'm going to shock you NC Nick. I'm going to take wake forest. I like that higher. I like them bringing in, uh, 
East Tennessee State's head coach, Steve Forbes. And uh, I know, you know, with COVID, it's probably been a crazy offseason. But I think they'll struggle at the gate. And then as the season progresses, I think they, they have a thousand transfers here. They have Davian <laughs> Williamson coming over from East Tennessee State, where he averaged, uh, you know, just shy of 11 points a game. They got a Tennessee transfer, a Virginia Tech transfer, a UNLV transfer, a Houston Baptist transfer. And that kid averaged 19 a game and, and eight boards almost at uh, Houston Baptist. So I'm going to take a shot here and say that Wake Forest does not finish dead last. How's that? You're NC Nick. You should have the scope on the Demon Deacons. What do you think about my bold prediction of them not <laughs> finishing 15th, but yet 14th? I agree. We are lockstep. Wow. Wake Forest fired Danny Manning last year. Boston College did not fire their coach. Jim Christian, Boston. who I think will be probably be gone at this year. And I actually think Christian's still the decent coach. It's just a tough conference. Yeah, we'll get to Boston College. Yeah. But so yeah, at least Wake Forest has has hope now. Um, it's a total roster turnover. They lost a couple guys at graduation. Two of their best or would have been best returning players, Sean D. Brown and Olivier Sard, transferred out. Um, so, I mean, these guys transferring in, they're from Houston Baptist, from East Tennessee State. The guy from Virginia Tech isn't bad. I, I've seen Isaiah Wilkins play before, he's solid. I don't know what to make of the roster. All I know is I, that I like the coach, and I think at least his team is going to try and compete for him. Or yeah, so um, yeah. they're not going to be good. But but how? But a season ago, you feel like you know, were, was the team checking out some? Like because they had some. I feel like the past two years they had some horrible, horrible losses. I mean, uh, you look, they lost to Charlotte a season ago. Charlotte was not very good in the conference USA. They beat Columbia by two. Um, it just seemed to me where, where's, uh, where's this thing? I feel like they just had got destroyed. I remember watching one game where I feel like they opened the game down 30 to nothing. I forget what, what opponent that was, but I remember taking the screenshot and putting it up on the sports gambling podcast, Instagram. Um, regardless, I have, I just thought they kind of threw in the towel a season ago and yeah, yeah. they had some talent too. So I, I guess ultimately that falls on Danny Manning. Um, you know, <laughs> No, with all due respect to Mr. Manning, I, he has a personality. I mean, he has zero personality. Uh, obviously, he didn't light a fire under his players' asses, and uh, you know that that's why he's no longer the coach. Um, so I don't think we have to spend a whole lot of time on Wake Forest or Boston College. They're both pretty damn bad. But I do agree. I think at least Wake Forest. I think they're they're going to compete. I think Jim Christian. As much as he's a good X's and O's coach, um, I think he will be fired from Boston College. Yeah, he ultimately. Go ahead. Well, wasn't BC the uh, the team that did 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 they almost beat Duke last year? I think they almost beat Duke last year. Uh, It was two years ago. Okay, I think he almost beat uh, Louisville. Okay, maybe that was it. Um, I mean, I actually think this guy's a decent coach and I wouldn't be surprised if he ended up at a mid major school and, and ended up doing really well, or, or perhaps a smaller conference, uh, power five wise. But, um, you look at this yeah. team. Yeah. I'm sorry. Continue. Say what yeah, so his problem was that he couldn't recruit on that level. Yeah. Uh, he's going to go back to being a mid major coach. He's going to be a good mid major coach because he's a good X's and O's guy, but he had a 25 and 85 ACC record or he does. Yeah. Uh, so 
75, 119 overall. You know, they were two and 16 in the ACC last year. The, 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 there's not any promise on this team. I mean, six transfers <laughs> coming in. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, like, he's going for it. I think he knows he's going to be fired. So it's like he, perhaps there's value in Boston College, maybe because, hey, I mean, you're bringing in this many players. Now, sure, you're just throwing them together, but there are some guys. These guys did contribute well at, at some of their schools. You know, this kid at Frederick Scott at Ryder averaged, you know, 13 a game. The guy from Quinnipiac, Rich Kelly, averaged 17 a game. I mean, look, he's going balls out. I like the play. Yeah, the guy, the kid from Lehigh, James uh, Karnick, 12 a game. So maybe you throw this shit together, you see what sticks, and maybe you you somehow have a, a much better season than what you think. But yeah, I yeah, got I, I got him, I, I got him dead last. I think if it, if it wasn't for COVID, I think he'd already be fired. So I think he's a dead man walking, and I think at the the slightest sign of adverse adversity, the team will quit. Uh, you know, it was fun when Kai Bowman and Jerome and Jerome Robinson were in the backcourt, but they're long gone and, and Jim Christian will, will be long gone soon too. I'm rooting for the man. I am rooting for the, for the Eagles. All right. Now we're going to take our, our best play our long shot play here, our best play. Uh, so you can actually bet on on who wins the, uh, the ACC. But before we do, I want to tell you that the college experience is brought to you by thrive fantasy thrive. Fantasy is a daily fantasy sports app for player props. All right. Uh, I, I can't, I really, if you haven't checked this out, you need to, cause uh, the response of SGP listeners for thrive fantasy has been amazing. So they're hooking up the listeners with a thousand dollar free roll for the big Eagles giants Thursday night game. I know this episode might be played after this, but uh, it, it's going to drop before this game. But if you're still listening, you should check out thrive fantasy. But if you're, if you are catching this before the Thursday night action, that's right. A thousand dollar free roll. Use the password DGEN to enter the game. Yes, that's password DGEN. With Thrive, you can eliminate the countless hours of research and focus on only the top-tier athletes that have the biggest impacts on the game. If it's NFL, you choose 10 out of the 20 available players or player props to build your lineup, just like fantasy football in a way. And if it's uh, right now at PGA, MLB, eSports, you choose 5 out of the 10 available player props to build your lineup. College football they're working on. We've been talking to them about it. So hopefully they get college football and college basketball going here. But in the meantime, check this out. Each prop is assigned a fantasy value for both the over and the under based on how likely it is to hit, hit the most props, rack up the most points to win a share of the prize pool. That's simple. Thrive has over $50,000 in guaranteed prizes weekly and has awarded over $1.6 million in cash prizes. All right. So use the promo code SGP when you sign up today and you will receive an instant match up to $50 on your, on your, on on your first deposit with a four time rollover, download the thrive fantasy app, or I'm sorry, download thrive fantasy at the app store or Google play store by, or, or by visiting www.thrivefantasy.com sign up and prop up today. And don't forget that promo code SGP. Now, before we get to the, the very last part of this, I love the fact we're talking college basketball and stuff, but I want to tell you also that the college experience is brought to you by Ace Per Head. You ever thought about starting your own sports book but don't know how? Well, guess what? Ace Per Head is here to help you start your own sports book. They'll provide you with an all-inclusive professional betting site with all the lines updated to the second and wagers graded immediately. They have top-notch customer support going 24-7 and some of the sharpest lines in the industry. Plus, Ace Per Head 
offers a live betting and an amazing mobile experience. Get started today, and Ace is offering up to six weeks free. Just go to aceperhead.com slash SGP. That's aceperhead.com slash SGP. Okay, NC Nick, we're back. I can't, I can't believe we're already talking college basketball. I can't wait to break down these other conferences. I can't wait to start watching hoops alongside football. It's just November and December and even January. And this year, I think even February, March, April, it's going to be so glorious. It's going to be so glorious. Just football, college football, college basketball. You mix in some NFL, you mix in whatever other sports you dig and you're just stuck with a great slate of sports. COVID can't beat us. They can't keep us down. So with that said, let's, let's talk. Okay. If you had to place a bet, I think we both agree that Virginia is the play here, right? To win the ACC. Well, my problem currently is that your Dodgers are, are just rocking my Tampa Bay Rays. You know, I mean, here in North Carolina, we don't have pro baseball. So I'm a Durham Bulls fan. And that's the triple A's team that, you know, the, uh, yeah. the uh, farm team for the Rays. How's Crash so, Davis uh, doing from, from Bull Durham? <laughs> uh, Nuke Lelouch. <laughs> um, Dude, Anywho. Well, no, I mean, first off, I thought Kershaw would, uh, would actually implode like he normally does in the world series, but huh. Hey, hey, not today. Eight one, man. Yeah. He's a beast. Um, okay. So look, Virginia, the play, I think both of us agree is, is your play to win the ACC. You take the you take the Cavaliers here to win this thing. Yeah, exactly. Now I haven't seen any odds for this yet. Have you? No, no the, so the, the schedule's not even out with COVID. So it's yeah, like, right. It, it, so, you know, they they might be the odds-on favorite, or it might be Duke, just because Duke's kind of like the Cowboys are kind of you know overhyped some. Uh, Notre Dame if football. UVA, yeah, exactly. Um, no, I think UVA wins the ACC. I think the the odds should be somewhat decent. They might be the favorite, but it's not going to be you know anything crazy. So uh, yeah, UVA to win it. But what do you think about like a decent? We let's give out a a, a decent shot to, uh, to win the ACC and then give me out a, a long shot. So, so, we're, so, so let's say, let's say, let, let, so let's say that Duke and Virginia, there's not enough value that, but you know, the, the betters thinking, ah, eh, fuck it. You know, well, hopefully there's not a lot of overlap here. I, I, I have a feeling there might be, we didn't talk about this beforehand. We didn't discuss this, but you mentioned, uh, I know you had Miami number three. I wanted to give you a team that I had, outside of the top one or two tiers, you know, and for, for me, that was Miami, um, as a long shot, they need to stay healthy because they don't have the depth that some of these other schools do. But as a long shot, I think, uh, Miami, you know, Hey, I let be- it ride, man. Yeah. I'm all over the hurricanes and I bet you, you're going to find great value. I bet you it's going to be a, a, some really good value on the hurricanes. How about a really long shot? They put together a I magical remember- year, like, like, uh, like to uh, make the tournament, right? Yeah. Not to win it, to make not to win the ACC, but to make the tournament. Yeah, sure. Okay, if the tournament is the traditional sixty-eight schools or whatever. Yeah. Um. All right, so I'm gonna go pretty far down here. I'm gonna go with my number twelfth, or you know, in the, in the in the predicted order to finish, the Pitt Panthers. Um, you know, if those three guards, well. It, Champagne's a four, but if Champagne, Tony, and Johnson can ball out like they're capable of, if they can do it on a consistent basis, that three-headed monster isn't a bad long shot to bet on. Uh, you know, like I said I wanted to go pretty, pretty deep here. 
Give me Pitt as my long shot to finish in the top half of the ACC and make the NCAA tournament. Wow. I like it. I like it. Um, all right. If you want me to do that, I'll, I'll get crazy here. I'll get crazy. I'll go with uh, the newcomer, the newcomer to the conference. I will go with the East Tennessee state, Steve Forbes with a name like Steve Forbes. Look, you know, he's money. All right. Give me, <laughs> you want, you want to get a crazy long shot. Give me the demon Deacons. And maybe they had some talent there the whole time. And he's bringing in a ton of transfers. Maybe they start playing some ball. He gets dude. East Tennessee state played aggressive. They were super aggressive defensively. I love the way that, bu- that Buccaneer team played. So, you know, you want to get crazy. Let's get crazy. And you know, I, I don't think there, I don't think there's bets available for them to make the tournament though. Right No, Unfortunately yeah. not. Right. So, but I'm saying now, as, as the season progresses, check out wake forest. And uh, actually I'm not even sure if college basketball has this or not in every, every other sport, there's over under bets, you know, season totals win totals. If you can find that, that might be your route. Yeah. Well, first, first, first we need to make sure everyone's playing the same amount of of games. (laughs) It's a crazy, yeah, this year, who knows? So that, you know, that those bets may be hard to find this year, maybe more harder than usual, but, um, Okay, man. I see what you're doing there. Wake, huh? Yeah. Right. Miami hurricanes though. My, my, my squad, Jimmy, you know, Jimmy Larinaga has done me well with, with his days when he was Dude. a Patriot. When, when, when that was my alma mater, George Mason. There right? you Don't go. There you go, buddy. Hey, I went to a game. You never even went to a game there. You filth. All right. <laughs> so, uh, uh, yeah, this is the college experience. ACC breakdown. Look, uh, college basketball is here. It's coming. All right. We're like, we're like 32 days, something like that away from uh, college basketball happening. I'm super excited. Please give us a follow, subscribe to us. If you're a first time listener, we handicap every single division one college football, college basketball game to doing it for three plus years. Actually, we're in, in the middle of our fourth year right now. So uh, make sure you uh, check out sports and make sure you follow, subscribe, tell a friend, please. And also if you're real swift, you'll get over to iTunes, leave us a five-star review that is a big time deal for us. Uh, you know, that's how we get paid. Essentially sponsors look at the comments. They say, Hey, people like these fucking idiots. Let's give them some money. And then boom, that happens. Uh, we're also giving away. I'll say this to any DJ out there. We got a party belt with two, uh, two beer holders on this party belt. Like this is a better belt than Ric Flair's interna- intercontinental uh, belt. He won over macho man, probably in like 87 or something. But we have an SGPN DGENs only belt. We're going to give you, and perhaps we'll give you something else with this. But uh, if you send me the best video uh, you can, uh, best party video. So, you know, if it's just pretend like you're Bobby Petrino, all right? Or pretend like you're Rick Petino, something, all right? Or who else? Who else was, uh, remember, who was that Iowa State college basketball coach that was like with the joint and like drinking a beer? Larry Astacey. Yeah, Larry Astacey. Pretend like you're Larry Astacey and uh, tag me on Twitter and the best person will win a belt, a party belt, two, two beer cups. I mean, just absolutely fantastic. And we'll probably get you some, some merch as well. But if you leave us that five-star review though, on iTunes, uh, aside from the party belt, uh, if you leave a, an, a five-star review and tag me at the Colby D on Twitter, um, uh, I I'll put you in a raffle to win a, a, some SGP gear, some college experience gear. And we'll make sure I'll put it like this. We'll make sure you get some gear at some point there. All right. So please, if you can five-star review on iTunes, follow me on, on Twitter. Like I said, at the Colby D 
uh, Patty C, who is also on this show sometimes uh, or most of the time, uh, he's available on Twitter at Patty C831. And the, the other gentleman you're listening to, the North Carolina specialist, the uh, the Duke of all Dukes. Uh, I got to come up with a better nickname, man. Um, uh, NC Nick is on Twitter at NC underscore N I C K. Uh, so, and we are the college experience, please subscribe. And we are part of the sports gambling podcast and the sports gambling podcast network. Check them out on Twitter at DSGP network recently, but released an NFL picks with comedian bill Burr. Come on, man. We just had our, one of our own in a way on Saturday and Saturday night live. I mean, he's in fucking star Wars. We've hit it big, Nick. We we're, we're connected to fucking star Wars somehow. Right. <laughs> and, Where, where's that star Wars money? Yeah. We need that star Wars money. All right. Where's that job of the hut money? All right. Uh, all right. This is the college experience, ACC basketball preview. Get ready for an onslaught of basketball previews. And also don't forget. We are, we do tons of college football content as well. So please check us out. You better start thinking about yours and we out of here. It's finally spring, and I'm saying goodbye snow, hello adventure. And during the Honda Dream Garage Spring Event, you can get epic deals on your favorite Honda model. Ready to get rugged? Then take the off-road in an all-wheel drive Honda SUV, like the CRV, HRV, Pilot, Passport, or redesigned Ridgeline. Want to take a spring road trip? Then check out a fuel-efficient turbocharged Civic or Accord. Say goodbye to winter and hello to a new Honda. Don't miss huge savings during the Honda Dream Garage Spring Event. Now at your local Honda dealer.